guys, Coach Dana Cavalier here with the Becoming a Champion show where we are all about inspiration, motivation, and encouragement. And today, that inspiration, that motivation, and encouragement is meant to move you towards better health. I sat down with Dr. Jason Barker out of Fort Collins, Colorado, and he's awesome. He breaks down a lot of the buzzwords that we hear today as it relates to your health, but he also talks about how you can go about getting your energy back, how you can go about getting better insight into your health. So give this one a watch. I know you're going to love it. And without health, folks, we don't have anything. There's no wealth without health. So sit back, enjoy this episode with Dr. Jason Barker. Let's kick off. Like I said, this is just a conversation and I've always found um, your writing on LinkedIn quite interesting. So I wanted to you know, connect with you because I think it's a real special time to do so. I know many people today, um, I hate to say this, but they're having some doubts about their doctors and treatment and looking for alternative types of doctors. So that's why I wanted to, to talk with you. And, and again, I appreciate your work and I appreciate what you put out there uh, you know, to the public. So that's why I wanted to dig in today. And the first question that I had for you is what is a naturopath? Because a lot of people may not know what that is or that there is an alternative to seeing maybe their primary doctor? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. So, um, yeah, I'm a naturopathic doctor. So um, I, I went to a four-year postgraduate medical school that's a naturopathic medicine medical school. So we, um, the training is very similar to what like a medical doctor, an MD or a DO, you know, a doctor of osteopathy goes through. So the first two years are you know, all the basic sciences, physiology, biochemistry, anatomy, you know, how does everything work? Hmm. Um, and the second two years are more, um, based on therapeutics. And so we learn pharmacology, you know, here's, here's a drug, here's how you, how you would use it. Here's how you would prescribe it. And then of course we also use a lot of natural therapeutics. So anything that's, you know, a vitamin, a mineral, an amino acid, an herb, a nutraceutical, anything like that. And it's not just about Oh, um, you know, drugs are bad for you and herbs are good for you. It's more of our philosophy. So we really try to subscribe to treating the cause and finding out the cause of what's wrong. And then we use those natural therapeutics to kind of guide the physiology towards health. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time with our patients on diet and lifestyle and sleep and all those other things. So, um, and then depending on, so medicine is regulated by the state. And so depending on where a naturopathic doctor practices, um, that determines our scope of practice. So in Oregon, we can be primary care physicians in Colorado. I don't have that role. So that's, that's what we do in a, in a nutshell. Okay. And then, uh, uh, what you do compared to say a a functional medicine doctor, is it the same thing in just a different, different term or is it the same? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's similar, but different. And again, uh, you know, I've been in practice for 21 years, so I've kind of seen all the trends and I always kind of giggle cause it was, uh, you know, it was holistic medicine and then it was complementary and alternative medicine and then it became integrative medicine and now it's being called functional medicine, which is good because more and more practitioners are subscribing to this type of care. So that's, that's a good thing. But yeah, I, I, what I do is very similar to what you would call functional medicine as well. Got it. And for somebody like you in your position, uh, do you do you administer prescription drugs, or is it just truly leaning towards you know the herbs and the nutraceuticals and things like that? 
Yeah, yeah, that's how my practice is leaning towards that. And then, you know, I'll get people who come in, you know, everything comes in my door and I'll I'll work with them. But if, you know, if they're really sick with pneumonia or something like that, I'll say, geez, you really need to go get a prescription for this. Okay. Call your regular doctor and then we'll work to, you know, kind of hit you from both sides, so to speak. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just find, you know, today it's a really, it's interesting. There's just, a, there's so much information and knowledge out there on, on, on medicine, you know, weight loss, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, supplementation and all of this, but there's still so much confusion out there. So, you know, for, for somebody that's listening to this, how do they start to navigate through that confusion, right? How do, how do they start to find their way and find a plan that's, that's good for them and find somebody like you or you, you know, if they're in your area, how do they start that journey? Well, so I guess it's, you know, I would start with talking to real people as I guess would be my best advice is because yeah. like so much info out there and there's, you know, we've got everybody online, whether they're a physician down to like a health coach person and everybody's got advice and everybody's got health info and a lot of it's right on and a lot of it's not. And so it's easy to get off track. And it's, I would use the analogy, like, you know, I can fix like, uh, you know, maybe a leaky faucet in my house, or I could do a little bit of that. But if I've got like a major plumbing issue, I'm going to call a plumber. Right. I'm not going to mess around with it. Um, but there's, there's a number of associations. So I would encourage people to, you know, first talk with their, their own doctor or healthcare, you know, maybe it's a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant or whomever they're speak with their, their healthcare provider, and maybe speak to them what they're looking for, if they're looking for something more. And then ideally that person can kind of plug them into the right uh, avenue for healing and care. And mm-hmm. last thing I'll say is it's like, you know, there's, there's still, um, right. We have all this complementary and alternative medicine and all these different ways of taking care of people. And, and some people are open to that. And then there's also what I still call flat earth medicine where it's like, Oh no, none of that stuff works. And, let's just use, you know, all that stuff is hocus pocus and this is the only way. So, but anyway, uh, I'll wrap it up. Speak with your healthcare provider first. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that. So, so when somebody goes and sees a, a naturopath um, or again, let's say, uh, you know, somebody like, like you, how does the process go? How, how does your process work compared to say, again, going to just to a, almost like call it, you know, a doctor's office today is such a turn and burn experience. How does somebody, you know, what's their experience in a setting like, like yours? Yeah. So, so we have a, first thing is I've got a really detailed patient intake packet. So it's a lot of questions about, again, what are you eating? What medicines are you taking? What supplements are you taking? How's your sleep? How's your stress? All that stuff. So part of that's just to um, get people to have some introspection Mm. why they're coming in, you know, and some people are good at like, I have X, Y, and Z and I don't feel good. And then other people are aren't as good at articulating what's going on in their body. So anyway, long packet. And then all of my new patient visits are about an hour, hour and 15 minutes long. So again, we spend time just, I, I tell them, I'm going to ask you everything about everything that's going on with your health. Because again, I want to get to the, um, the cause of what's going on. So real detailed um, first interview process. And then, you know, of course, while that person's speaking in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, oh, they have this or that or this or this. And then I need to corroborate or, you know, rule in or rule out things with lab testing. And so 
Oftentimes I'll end up doing a variety of different lab tests. Again, it kind of depends on what's going on, but we'll do standard blood work or we'll do more expanded other types of testing. And that helps us further, you know, inform what's going on with that person. So we'll get the labs done, have them back in and I'll say, okay, look, here's, here's what I found. Here's what's going on. Mm. Here's how we're going to take care of you. And so there's a plan. And then I want to see you back in three or four weeks, give it time to work. So we kind of, um, there's a lot of upfront work and then I kind of give them the ball and they run with it. And then we check in periodically to make sure things are working. And that's one of the beauties about, about what I do. It's not just like, Oh geez, we tried that. It didn't work. You know, there's a multitude of different therapies and approaches we can take to help people out. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. So I guess blood is really one of your um, great measuring tools and data points. Yeah. um, You know, there's, there's so much we can look at in the blood. Um, like I said, just standard stuff, like a complete blood count just looks at how many red cells you've got in your white cells. And then we can really get into looking at vitamins and minerals and hormones. And, um, you know, you can look at nutritional status very, very deeply through blood work. So there's a lot that we can look at with that. Um, we'll also use saliva tests and urine tests to look at um, you know, more detailed hormone profiles. And so it can, you know, we can do stool tests to look at digestive function. So there's, there's a lot to look at, um, in, in yeah. figuring out what the cause of somebody's health issue is. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Just e- even in that, um, summary that, that you just gave, it seems like, you know, you're able to look at each system of the body and how they work independently, but how they work from an integrated fashion as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's- I mean, and I love it too. That's my favorite thing is um, getting some labs done on somebody and and finding little glitches or little clues along the way and, um, you know, and then working to kind of repair that. And then of course, you know, when somebody comes in and says, oh my gosh, you feel better. I mean, that's like, it's, it's such a great feeling helping somebody out. So, yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you is this, you know, today everybody's on all the time. It seems like the workday is just always on. It's always going. It's just never ending. Everybody's dialed in, plugged in. What are some of the things that you're seeing? Like, I know you work with some high performers. I work with high performers as well. What are some of the things that you're seeing, some of the syndromes that are affecting them or some of the things that are affecting these high performance people uh, from being on competitive CEOs? You know what I mean? What, what are some of the things or common themes that you see with them? Uh, fatigue. <laughs> you know? yeah. So everybody, it's interesting because everybody's, like you said, everybody's on 24-7 at the same time, everybody's fatigued and they're tired. And, um, there are of course a lot of reasons for that, but that's something that I at least try and give people perspective on, you know, our ancestors woke up with the sun, they did their thing, they napped, they went to bed with the sun. You know, we don't do that anymore. Right. And even, even still other cultures, you know, like in Spain and in Japan, a lot of other cultures, they'll, they take a nap. It's like a prescribed part of their day. And people here don't do that. And they come into the clinic and they, you know, they wake up at five and get the kids out the door, you know, run the family, get to work. And, you know, they're, they're pooped at seven, eight o'clock. I don't know why I'm so tired. It's like, well, you've been firing on all cylinders. So there, there's that fatigue component. And then there's also like the physiological um, burnout that you see too. in like these high performers and, uh, you, you know, people who are really, really, burning the candle at both ends as well. Yeah. So you use, you use a word that's, um, you know, I hear it a lot, the word burnout. We see it a lot. Um, 
what would you say, you know, what actually happens? Like when, when, when you use that word and you're referring to somebody that has burnout or is suffering from burnout, like underneath the skin and systematically, I mean, what, what is actually happening to a person? I know there's multiple things, but what are some of the, again, common themes or things that you see with somebody that is suffering from burnout? I mean, what, what you're seeing, you know, burnout's a symptom of It's just like there's no time for any neurological, you know, physiological restoration. So we go, go, go. And then when we rest and sleep, that's when we recover. And then when you're overdoing it, your body doesn't have time to catch up and repair. And so what, one of the common things I'll see in, the, in those fatigue syndromes is that hormones become imbalanced. So thyroid gland can slow down. Um, you know, we talk, we used to talk a lot about something called adrenal fatigue. That's not really what's going on. You know, we now call it hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction. So, but the, in short, those hormonal systems, um, become imbalanced, whether they're too high or they're too low and that affects physiology and they, they become imbalanced again, because there isn't time allowed for rest and restoration. So kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. So for somebody like that, let's say they're experiencing some of these hormonal uh, changes, deficits, um, imbalances, is, is the, the recipe hormone therapy? Yeah. Or are there other ways for the hormones to rebalance themselves naturally? There's definitely other ways. Um, and again, it's always a spectrum too. Like as an example, I'll get, you know, 30 somethings in who are, um, you know, they're tired, they're stressed out anxious they're overweight and it's like they've got low testosterone already and they're 30 something and the answer isn't like oh here you need more testosterone the answer is you know you've got to rest you got to exercise you got to quit eating the garbage you've got to start taking care of your body so um it's not always you know personally i don't think we should be replacing hormones you know especially like testosterone estrogen progesterone things like that and people unless they've gotten to you know, into their fifties where that stuff is actually clinically where the decline is more clinically relevant, I guess I would say. And again, yeah. it's different for other people, but yeah, there's a lot of natural therapeutics and lifestyle things that we can use to help boost or balance out hormonal systems in that regard. Okay. And they'll actually, they will naturally come back. Cause I think that's a, that's yeah. something too, that people say, Hey, you know, if, if I've burned them down and, and I'm that far out of balance, you know, I need to look for, you know, external, I guess, treatments, you know, or, or hormone therapies in order to get myself rebalanced. So you're saying through lifestyle changes and modifications, you can rebalance yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the body is incredibly, you know, the restorative capabilities we have and the healing capabilities are incredible. So we're living, breathing organisms, just like a plant or whatever. And so if you, you know, we're more complicated than a plant, but if you provide the right environment, the body will heal. Now there are situations where, you know, if somebody's hypothyroid, their thyroid gland is completely crashed out, then yeah, they need a hormone to help them out. So there's, a, you know, there's a lot of, again, there's a spectrum of how you, you would actually use hormone replacement in certain people. But to answer your question is yeah, yeah, hormones do come back into balance given if you put your body in the right environment to heal. Yeah, and is that, I'm, I'm guessing it's somewhat of a longer process than a yeah process because there's also the, the the habit change that somebody has to go through or you know or you know focus on in order to make that change yeah for sure it's not a take this you know magic substance and you're good to go tomorrow it's a it's a it's yeah. a process just like you break a bone right 
Yeah. So months to heal. Yeah, that, it's actually uh, an interesting segue because I, I think about this even for myself, selfishly, I'm going to throw this in there. You know, when you take supplements of any kind, whether it's a multivitamin, whether it's, um, you know, something, you know, any, any kind of supplement, how long does it actually take for it to start showing um, that it is working? Is it something like in a day, a couple of days? I mean, how long do you have to take supplements? Because I think people have this question wow. um, before it starts to, you know, show itself. I mean, yeah, generally speaking, like if you're, if you're supplementing for, you know, like a multivitamin, something along those lines, yeah, it takes weeks and months for that stuff to actually um, okay. kind of confer its benefit on your body. Because remember, these are pieces, you know, you know, vitamins and minerals are components of regular food that we would eat. So these are building blocks or they help with physiology or metabolism. So it takes a while for that stuff to have an effect so you know you can definitely give somebody something to take and they'll have more energy tomorrow but in general yeah to answer your question it's usually a longer process okay yeah so it's it goes back to you know you have to be consistent in your intake of these things it can't just be a i'm on one day i'm off for a week i'm back on i'm off because a lot of people struggle with the consistency of of everything i i have found through coaching yeah that's the thing is you got to get sleeping. You got to be moving your body. You've got to be eating a good diet. You know, you've got to have all cylinders firing at once for you to have a good health outcome. Right. Yeah. 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 It's true. You know, I, I also wanted to dig into the, I know um, there's some, some words that are out there that, that, that people may come across. One of the words is inflammation. Yeah. Um, how do you know if you're inflamed? How would somebody know if they're inflamed? I mean, they know if, if they've, they've hurt a, a limb or a joint and they see inflammation, but how do they know that their system is actually inflamed? Yeah, that's a great question. And that, that's like the uh, catchphrase of the year, whatever, <laughs> in the last few years is inflammation. And, and yeah. that's a very broad sweeping term. So, um, you know, I have a cold now, so I'm inflamed. If you sprain your ankle, it's red and swollen. That's inflammation. If you get if you have rheumatoid arthritis, that's inflammation. So inflammation is just a term that describes the activity of your immune system if it's trying to deal with something. So um, yeah, and a lot of people think that they are systemically inflamed and that's actually pretty difficult to pin down via lab testing because yeah, there are components in the blood that we can measure that would signify inflammation, but they're just like one small fraction of it. And there's a lot of different brands of inflammation too. So like if, if we thought you had rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune condition of your joints, I would use specific blood tests to discover that. But if you just said, geez, I feel inflamed, you know, I might use some other tests. So it's, um, there's that. And then you can, you know, you can speak to this person. It's like, I wake up every morning and I'm puffy and my joints hurt and I have a headache or I have this like a lot of uh, phlegm in my lungs. I have this productive cough for no reason. So there's, it's a lot of um, taking their case and speaking to somebody and looking at somebody and also looking at lab testing. Yeah. And I'm guessing too, I mean, <laughs> there, there's probably people that confuse, you know, inflammation with say um, food, like food, I guess um, food triggered responses or food allergies. Yep. Um, and they say it's, it's inflammation, but it's actually probably potentially a, uh, you know, a food allergy of some kind. Yeah. And a food, you know, a food allergy or food sensitivity will create inflammation too. So that's like another brand of that. So absolutely. Somebody could be eating something that they think is, um, you know, healthy, like a banana, 
right? It's generally accepted healthy food, but maybe when you eat bananas, you have joint pain the next day. So yeah, it's creating inflammation in the body. So again, that's where we kind of work at, you know, trying to figure out what is actually causing it. And sometimes we have a lot of luck with that. And other times it's, it's more difficult to pin down in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think again, there's, there's so much out there again. That's, that's why I started today. There's so much out there. How do we start to grab hold of, of some of these things that I even find too, there's people that have, they don't have awareness as to what's happening to their body even yeah. after they eat, they think that excessive bloat, right? Maybe yeah. that's just normal for me after I eat, yeah. but it's not normal, right? No, like that's what I tell people is you should eat your meal. It should feel good in your tummy. You know, you're a little full for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And then you really shouldn't hear from that meal until you go to the bathroom. Yeah. So if you eat and you have heartburn or you have, you know, you're bloated, the food's not going anywhere, you know, excess gas, bloating, lower abdominal symptoms, you know, something's not working right. So it's not normal. I mean, these are normal symptoms that come up, but there's a reason for them. And they, that doesn't have to be like your normal everyday experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, again, that's part of why I wanted to talk today, just to, to help people have a greater awareness of what's actually happening in their body and to their body as a result of how they are treating their body from how they fatigue their body by, you know, maybe being on their phone too much, being dialed in too much, or, uh, you know, being on for too long without a break, not mixing in physical activity, recovery protocols, and, and, and things like that. I think a lot of people, they just don't think about it. And they just push through whatever it is that they have identified now as their new, their new normal. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's normal to feel good. It's normal to have a lot of energy. It's not normal to have all of these draggy symptoms like waking up groggy, headaches, swollen, you know, all this stuff that you're right, just people, um, you know, they push through stuff. And again, I'm not beating up on anybody, but you know, maybe they go to their regular traditional doctor and the doctor will do an exam and some tests and they don't necessarily find anything. And they say, "Eh, yeah, I don't know, you know, and they don't really get a lot of help in that regard. And so that's, that's when it's, you know, if you're not getting your answers, then that's time to get a different opinion. Yeah, time, time to dig, dig deeper. I know yeah. another um, thing that's on the rise now, you have, you know, stress and anxiety. You hear a lot about that. It's kind of wrapped with, with the burnout. How does somebody's fueling, how does somebody's, um, you know, being on, I guess, you know, engaging with, with devices and things like that. How do you find that to affect stress and even chronic anxiety? You know, what's the relationship there that you have found? Yeah. I mean, it's just feeding the fire, right? So we, you know, we break down the nervous system very simply, but you have your, you know, fight or flight, right? You've heard of that where you're either on or you're off. And so we have the sympathetic nervous system. That's, that's the fight or the flight. And then you have the parasympathetic that is beating your heart and regulating your breathing and helping you digest. But we're all shifted into this sympathetic or the fight or flight nervous system. So you're just, again, it's just the motors revving, 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 revving. And then part of that you're producing stress hormones, you know, stress neurochemicals and people actually can kind of become addicted to this stuff too. So it's not like we all want to feel anxious, but we're doing things that trigger those physiologic reactions in our body that just propagates that stress. You know, it's like your workday should be done, but we're all like, looking at emails at 1030 at night. And it's like, you know, (laughs) yeah, now guilty. (laughs) There's there, you know, we don't, we don't give ourselves recovery and you have to recover because 
again, we're, we're living organisms and we need our downtime to rest and repair, essentially. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, it's good. It, it's just, you know, what? It, I, our whole conversation today, it's all very, very connected um, because, you know, again, we, a lot of the, the people that I, I know that I deal with out there that are going to hear this, you know, this is, I, I want this to be a wake up call for, me, for many people and, and for me too. Hey, you know, like you said, guilty as charged, you know, some nights, 9 30, 10 o'clock, I'm looking at the phone. Yeah. I know it affects how I sleep, but I do it anyway. It's like, wait, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And why do we keep defaulting to right. what we shouldn't be doing when we know the cost? And it's like, if you were to ask people straight up and say, hey, are you willing to you know, compromise and lose your health for the pursuit of success? Most people would probably say no, but yeah. their actions tell a very different story. Yeah, and it's, um, that, that's interesting because I think we don't, you know, the average person isn't going to say like, oh, I checked my email at 10 o'clock, you know, how's that hurting my health? But you don't just wake up one day with a health problem, right? It's, it's often weeks, <laughs> months, years in the making. So that's the tough part, you know, and especially in our society where it's, everything's instantaneous, you know, especially speaking about the phones, but you don't just, you don't just wake up one day and you're sick. You know, this has been brewing for a long time. The yeah. cold I have, I didn't just get a cold. I was training a ton and I know I was up too late and I did a couple of, you know, I, I overdid it. And so I got a cold. It's like, no doubt. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it happens, you know, incrementally is how our health changes. And so that's, that's, what's hard to get people to kind of grasp in that regard. Yeah. And, and again, I, I also think too, a lot of what we're talking about is I identifying the signs that could lead to a more chronic or more serious health condition by just being aware of your body of this, of, of what your body is telling you, what you're feeling, and not dismissing everything, but also at the same time, not becoming so hyper-focused that you become a hypochondriac. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a very fine line. And that's what I would kind of add in too, is like stress is the worst thing that we do for our health. You know, it just, it just eats you up and I get patients who get all kinds of weird symptoms and they're complete, you know, I use that term stress cadet still and stress will do amazing, horrible things to your health. And, um, it's just that, you know, if I had a magic wand and take away everybody's stress, you know, it's very, very much easier said than done. But that's one thing I always try and tell people is like, you've got to, you know, I always tell people, you know. You exercise, right? Yeah. Do you brush your teeth every day, twice a day? Yep. Well, then you need to work out your mind. You need to have a stress management program as well. That's just as important as, as staying fit is and eating a healthy diet and all the other things we do. Yeah. And that's, you know, having somebody like you in their life, you know, have for, on my end, for the folks that I work with having a coach, it just helps people stay accountable to themselves and to the things that they say they want and to the things that they need to stay on top of in order to do the things they want to do for a long period of time. Yeah. And you know, that's, it's work, right? It's being a good, you know, athlete is a lot of work. Staying healthy is a lot of work. It's not just like we're all 18 and you can run around and not sleep and do whatever you want. I mean, it's, it's continuous repetitive work to stay in good health. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I always, you know, one of my lines is I say, what gets scheduled gets done. So whether it's seeing somebody like you, whether it's getting your massage in, whether it's scheduling these things for, for the executives that are listening to this, you know, schedule it, use your assistants to schedule these things into your schedule. So it becomes a part of 
of, of, of who you are and how you operate. That's, that's I found that to work, to work really well, especially because a lot of folks in, in business today, they're so used to following their calendar and following their schedule. Right. Let, let it guide you right to, to better health and better vitality. For sure. Absolutely. So cool. This was, this was awesome. I, uh, I appreciate your time and I know everybody's going to, going to enjoy this. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's good talk. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I know I am inspired and motivated to take care of myself and get my health in order even more, right? I do those daily workouts. I get to bed early, but there's definitely some things I could be doing to avoid fatigue, like spending too much time on social media or spending too much time dialed in on email, right? We can all probably agree to that. So let's all agree to that, right? Let's agree to taking better care of ourselves. Let's agree to taking better care of our health and remembering health is number one. Always don't let anything get ahead of that because health always wins. It's a battle that's always won by your health. And when health is bad, it grabs all of your attention. And when health is good, it allows you to be amazing. So again, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Becoming a Champion show. If you did, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, give us a share, comment down below. And we'll see you next week with another great episode of the Becoming a Champion show. See ya.